Hello and welcome to the podcast for Ray Church of the Nazarene. I'm Ben Beckman, Senior Pastor, and I'm glad that you have tuned in to listen to our services and sermons. We have reopened our sanctuary and would love to have you join us in person at 410 Blake Street in Ray, Colorado for our Sunday morning worship services that begin at 1045, if you feel comfortable to do so. We would also invite you to join us live on Facebook, YouTube, or our website if that's a better fit for you at this time. Please visit our website at raynaz.com and our Facebook page for more information regarding our services. It is my prayer that you experience the presence of God during your time with us, whether in person or online. Again, thank you and welcome to our podcast. This week's podcast is a continuation of our Advent Christmas series, and this is week four. Our theme is love. Our scripture text comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Luke 15, 11 through 32. The main point of what we are talking about today is that we have to understand God's concept of love to be able to be, respond to others in love. And God's expressed love towards us allows us to begin this process. God's expressed love towards us allows us to understand His concept of love, which then compels us to love. I pray that you are blessed in the hearing of this message today. We, I'm going to begin with point two, move to point three, and finish with point one. And I know this sounds weird, but I think you'll understand why when we get to point one. Today, Advent, week four, is this theme of love. And I chose that video because I feel like it describes really well how we understand love and how we express love and how we engage with it. And, and, and it's important for us to understand this biblical concept and ultimately God's concept of love. So point two, here's where we're starting today. Point two, what is God's concept of love? By Jesus' time, the Jews had accumulated, it's estimated, somewhere between 613 laws. And these laws dictated and mandated the way that they engaged the world around them. They, they, it regulated how they um, interacted with one another. It, it, it guided the way that they loved God. And some religious leaders, they, they even tried to take these 613 laws and try to distinguish between major and minor laws. And some taught that all laws were equally binding and that it was dangerous to make distinctions between these. So this 613 different laws all of a sudden became so much more. As we read this text that we're going to start with this morning, I want you to keep in mind that the teacher in this, in this passage, his question could have provoked controversy among those groups, but Jesus' answer summarized all of God's laws. Turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 12, and we're going to begin reading in verse 28 through 34. Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, and with all your strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any questions. So here's this interaction that Jesus has with this Pharisee. And this conversation gives a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope that, that this guy was beginning to understand. Was beginning to understand this concept of what God intended love to look like. He was beginning to see that it wasn't just the laws themselves, but actually it was more of the condition of the heart. When God established these laws and when God established the Ten Commandments, these laws weren't intended to be burdensome. But Jesus here expertly summed them all up in these two commands, to love God and love others. These commands, if, if you are familiar with them, come from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. The concept of what those two things coming together in the way that Jesus put them together is at the very heart of how, we're, how he wants us to love him. Because we can't love him and not love others. And we can't love others without loving him. When we love God completely, and when we care for others as we care for ourselves, then we have fulfilled the intent of what the Ten Commandments and other Old Testament laws were intended for us to do. I love what this one commentator wrote in, in response to this section. He says, let them, these laws, rule your thoughts, your decisions, and your actions. When you are uncertain about what to do, ask yourself which course of action best demonstrates love for God and love for others. Back in the mid or early 90s, there was a fad that was kind of going around, the WWJD bracelets. Anybody remember those? Yeah? And that's kind of been making a, another comeback. And, and I love the concept of it. You know, what would Jesus do? But lately, they've added on to, to this as a, as a response to that. So we asked that question, what would Jesus do? And they have these additional, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, instead of WWJD, it's HWLF. HWLF, which means he would love first. And I love the concept of that and the way that we um, can take that and use that to 
um, help us as we are faced with different situations and understandings in, in those situations of, of the way that God would respond. So point two, what is God's concept of love? And his concept of love is taking this to, to mean that our love for God will be expressed by your love for people. And your love for people will be expressed by your love for God. Tony Campolo tells about a, some homeless teenagers from Philadelphia who beat to death a Korean honor student doing graduate work in medicine at the University of Pennsylvania. His parents came to the U.S. for the trial and sat silently through his murderer's entire trial. At the end, they asked for an opportunity to speak. The guilty verdict came in, and they rose, and they knelt before the judge. Before a stunned audience, these parents begged. They begged him, this judge, to release their son's murderers to them so that they could give the boys the home and the care that they had never had. These parents were Christians, and they explained to the, to the judge that they wanted to show something for the grace they had received from God to those who had done them such a grievous evil. Point number three. Our response, our response to God's love is a call to love through action. In the video, we saw several passages of Scripture, and I want to go through those again real quickly with you. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then two verses out of 1 John chapter 4, verse 9 and verse 11. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So if we're remembering this two sides of the same coin, as a video talked about, your love for God will be expressed by your love for people, and your love for people will be expressed by your love for God. This is an invitation to act. And I found myself guilty of this sometimes. I'm good at saying the things. I'm good at communicating love but I can fall awful short of expressing this in real action. And this time of year, I love this time of year. Generosity comes out in significant ways. And we love, and I love, hearing stories of, of, of that generosity, of people endeavoring to be hands and feet of Jesus in ways that, that really point to him. And that is what we need to be doing. Those are the ways that we need to be acting and responding. But sometimes it's easy to be caught up in our own. In our own mess, our own agendas. And maybe I'm just speaking for me. But I found myself here a couple of times. And I don't want to be there. 
And for me to say that I love God, I need to be making sure I'm loving people the way that he exhibited. So if we see God's work on the cross, the way that he lived and died and set that example, he expressed that love in action. And then we watch the life of Jesus through the Gospels. We see the way that he saw people. He didn't just heal them, but he saw them. And he loved first, and then healed. He loved first and then responded to their need. He loved first and then dealt with sin. But those things are intertwined. It's not just a, a simple formula. It was a way that he did what he did. And he didn't just talk about it. He lived it out. I'm going to read you a story written by Bobby Scobie. And he writes this. I took Helen, eight years old, and Brandon, five years old, to the Cloverleaf Mall in Hattiesburg to do a little shopping. As we drove up, we spotted a Peterbilt 18-wheeler parked with a big sign on it that said, Petting Zoo. The kids jumped up in a rush and asked, Daddy, Daddy, can we go? Please, please, can we go? Sure, I said, flipping, flipping them both a quarter before walking into Sears. They bolted away, and I felt free to take time looking for a new scroll saw. A petting zoo consists of a portable fence erected in the mall with about six inches of sawdust and a hundred little furry baby animals of all kinds. Kids pay their money and stand in the enclosure, enraptured with the squirmy little critters while their moms and dads shop. A few minutes later, I turned around and saw Helen walking behind me. I was shocked to see her and to see that she preferred walking the hardware department to the petting zoo. Recognizing my error, I bent down and asked her what was wrong. She looked up at me with those giant, limpid brown eyes and said sadly, Well, Daddy... It cost 50 cents. So I gave Brandon my quarter. Then she said the most beautiful thing I had ever heard. She repeated the family motto. The family motto is, is love is action. She had given Brandon her quarter, although no one loves cuddly, furry creatures more than Helen. She had watched both of us do and say love is action for years around the house and King's Arrow Ranch. She had heard and seen love is action, and now she had incorporated it into her lifestyle. It had become part of her. What do you think I did? Well, not what you might think. As soon as I finished my errands, I took Helen to the petting zoo. We stood by the fence and watched Brandon go crazy, petting and feeding the animals. Helen stood with her hands and chin resting on the fence, and just watched Brandon. I had 50 cents burning a hole in my pocket. I never offered it to Helen, and she never asked for it. Because she knew the whole family motto. It's not love is action, it's love is sacrificial action. Love always pays a price. Love always costs something. Love is expensive. When you love, benefits accrue to another's account. Love is for you, not for me. Love gives, it doesn't grab. 
Helen gave her quarter to Brandon and wanted to follow through with her lesson. She knew she had to taste the sacrifice. She wanted to experience that total family motto, love is sacrificial action. And as we think about that, and we think what Jesus did, the sacrificial love that he showed, that he lived out, that he set as an example, he invites us into that process. Point one, God's expressed love towards us. I try not to do this where I take big sections of scripture that we spend a lot of time on in, in one sermon, but as I was thinking about this, I couldn't help but think about Jesus' parable in Luke chapter 15, 11 through 32. And Jesus, as he tells this, it's, it's what was preceded was two other parables. So as we break into verse 11, you'll kind of have a little bit of context. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth and wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in the whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death? I will set out, go back to my father, and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up, and he went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and, his, and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has come back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But as he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and you never, I'm sorry, I lost my place here. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. I really lost my spot here. Verse 24, we'll start there. For his son 
For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of his servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This passage, as we talk about God's expressed love towards us, we see here that there's a lot of contrast in this parable of Jesus. We see here the son who was lost, who sought his own way, who rebelled and went and did his own thing. We see the son who is bitter, who is angry at the father's response. And then we see the father who loved them both. For us to understand point two and point three today, we have to understand the father in this story. We have to understand that his love for us, that his love is for us, even if we are son one or son two. Brother Luke Deitwig writes this. During this Advent season of waiting, God waits for us too. God waits patiently as we wander, rebel, go our own ways, and in various forms get lost. As a loving, heavenly parent, God waits patiently for us to come to our senses waits patiently for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened. God is there, scanning the horizon for the first glimpse of you and me. Finding the first sight of us, God runs wildly to welcome the returning home. We often talk about son one as the one being lost and going away. And son too, he was at home, but he was lost. And I think at different times in our lives, we find ourselves identifying with one of these or the other. But if we look at how the father loved, if we look at how the father loved both those sons, we begin to understand how we can understand his love that was expressed to us. We understand the way that he loves us in these things that just don't make sense. This grace that extends beyond anything that we deserve. His patience towards us when we don't deserve it. And no matter what's happened, no matter what's taken place, he welcomes us back. And scanning the horizon, looking anticipating 
for us to return. Advent is often a time, as we've talked about, where we experience this waiting and this longing for God. But I also love this concept that God is waiting and longing for us too. That his love goes beyond anything that we really understand. It goes beyond anything we deserve. His love is for us. It's not set against us. And how do we, how do we take this? How do we respond with this? We have to understand God's concept of love to be able to respond to others in love. We have to first experience it ourselves. God's expressed love towards us allows us to begin this process of then turning around and loving others. God's expressed love towards us allows us to understand this concept of love, which then compels us to love. Point two, point three, point one. I want to invite our lovely praise team back up today. And I want you to remember this theme of love, how God expressed it, and how God compels us to live in it. This Advent season, this season of waiting and preparing, is not just for us today, but God is preparing and he's waiting for us too.